Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail Forward podcast. So today I've got a really exciting interview. I've got Gordon Grant, who is the founder of Dad's Mean Business. He is on a mission to help dads who own businesses to spend more time with their families, stress-free, without stealing time from their businesses. So welcome, Grant. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Gary. Great to be here. Excellent. So just um, we're going to go a little bit into your backstory and then we'll go into what you do. So how wh- how did you come about what you in business? How did you start business and, and what's your journey been like? As with lots of entrepreneurs, it's probably quite varied. Um, I mean, my entrepreneurial journey probably started when I was like 11 or something uh, back in the mid 80s. I was into something called a ZX Spectrum um, early home computer and uh, in those days <clears throat> I hope nobody's listening we, we we kind of copied lots of games and stuff and I used to create compilation tapes and then sell them to kids at school and stuff so highly dubious in terms of everything but um I was always into kind of helping people solving problems and to be honest making making some money in the process so uh, entrepreneurial journey started early um I, when I was at uni, I went to America one summer as a student and sold encyclopedias door to door before the internet existed. So before Encarta and Google and Wikipedia, um, that was a hard slog because that was like starting selling encyclopedias for three, a set for over $300 uh, at eight in the morning, knocking on people's doors and going through to half nine at night. That was tough. A lot of rejection, a lot of rejection involved in, in door to door. I've done that. Non-stop. <laughs> Yeah, so we actually had some a whole lot of sales training about it, which has been really useful to me. Um, and a bunch of it was how to handle when somebody says no. And let's be honest, more than 99% of people said no at eight o'clock in the morning to being sold a $300 plus set of encyclopedias by some snotty teenager from the UK. But uh, all good learning, all good learning. Um, uh, when I left uni, I uh, started work in kind of normal corporate stuff. And then, so I left uni in 96 and in 99, I set up my first business, proper business, which was an IT consultancy. Um, so we were based in the south of England. We were working for clients like ICI, uh, Toyota Financial Services. We were engaged to replace the email platform for the whole of Toyota Financial Services around Europe from one platform to another. Did that for a number of years. That was really cool. Um, and then uh, I was engaged by a family business, uh, took me on in 2002 and said, will you come and help us ch- change turnaround from being a commercial printing company with a little bit of software uh, on the edge to being a software business because we recognise that's where there's going to be more revenue, recurring revenue and profitability. Um, I said, yeah, that's fine. So I started working with them as a consultant and after five months they said, listen, we really enjoy working with you. Do you want to come on board and have a senior position with us and really drive things forward? We basically want to lock you in. And I thought, yeah, that's a bit of fun. I've enjoyed what I've been doing as the IT services, but let's go and let somebody else take the strain of chasing business and doing the books and stuff. So I joined them and that was good fun. Um, Started to kind of turn that company around. Then 2010, the family retired and the finance director and I bought them out. And we took over that business and then that accelerated, that gave us the opportunity to really accelerate the growth of the business as a software business. We ended up with 50 employees on three continents. We had clients all over the world. We worked with major retailers. Um, So household names in the UK, uh, Waitrose was a customer for 20 odd years, John Lewis, the co-op, a lot of, so mostly retailers. Uh, We also had IKEA, Uh, we won their global account. 
um, uh, Woolworths and Coles in Australia as big, the main supermarkets out there and stuff. So really good fun working with those. And and that's been my kind of entrepreneurial flair. I've loved, I love solving problems for people. I love challenging people to think differently and then get them to a better place. Um, so I've always loved that kind of stuff. But as part of building that up, that's where it's, I, I then got a lot busier and fairly... Um, fairly unguided in how to manage my time. So that's when I started to then kind of struggle during that kind of towards the end of that kind of business. I, I actually love what you say. You've said it twice now. You said it early on that you love solving problems. And I say that to all my mentees on my mastermind that we're not really business owners. We're problem solvers that we're, you know, we just keep getting another, another problem and it's the next one. And then the next level you go up, you know, Rob Moore always says it, new level, new devil. You know, the more we go up, the more problems we get. And essentially that's what we are. And the more value we, we bring with problem solving is actually how we then get paid more, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I could see from the, an early age that you were doing that problem solving thing, which is fantastic. So so yeah, absolutely love that. So yeah, carry on. Tell me, tell me what happened next. So you started getting into this, into a bit of bit of troubled waters with with your time and things. Yeah. So well, when I started the first business, the IT services business in '99, I was young, free, and single. So my time was my own. I didn't really have much going on. I was I was able to kind of allocate time wherever I wanted, and I poured a lot of it into that business because I wasn't. I, I was I was single, didn't have a girlfriend, any of that stuff, and then. Wind forward to kind of 2018, 2017, 2018. I'm now married. We've got two kids. Um, I'm flying all over the world. Uh, in 12 months, I did 42 flights, one 12-month period, just flying everywhere, which is, I mean, I enjoy I enjoy traveling. I enjoy that kind of lifestyle. Um, but it doesn't fit when you've suddenly got other responsibilities and other people, A, who are relying on you for just being there to do stuff and you also want to be with them, that becomes a bit of a challenge. So who do you, which master do you serve? Do you serve the business and keep driving forward or do you pull back and um, support and love your family or yourself? So we got to the point where, probably if I take you back to maybe October 2018, I think it was, my, my one Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting at the bottom of the stairs and my wife just called through from somebody else in the house and said, Do you remember we're going to see so-and-so this afternoon? I was like, uh, hmm. And then she kind of didn't get an answer, so she called again. Hey, did you hear me? Remember we're going to see so-and-so, family, friends who we really enjoy their company. And I just said to her, I, I can't go. She said, what do you mean you can't go? You're not well. I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just literally, my mind was blank, but I knew I couldn't go and see them. She said, what's wrong? I said, I, I don't know. She just looked at me and said, okay, not a problem. I'll just phone them and say that you're not feeling great and we'll reschedule, not a problem. Why don't you go and lie down and stuff? I was like, yeah, okay. And I just, I was I, I was gripped by something, but I didn't know what I was gripped by. I just was, I was, I was actually scared to go and see my friends, to hang out with them. I just wanted to be on my own. I literally wanted to go and lie in my bed and not see my wife or my kids and just shut the door. And I'm, I'm very, I'm an extrovert. I, I feed off other people for my energy. That's where, that's where I get built up with other people. And I found myself actually wanting to shun other people and just be on my own, which was an odd thing to feel. So I, uh, I called my business partner and said to him, this is Sunday evening then, I said, listen, I'm just not feeling quite right. I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'll be back on deck on Tuesday. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, I actually don't know, but I'm not feeling, I, I just don't know. He said, right take the whole week off. I don't want to hear from you. Unless you need me, call me and I'm absolutely here. But if you don't need me, do not call me. Don't answer any emails. I'll sort everything. Just take the week off. And that was great because I immediately felt 
a bit of relief. So on the Monday morning, uh, my wife was going somewhere and was going to be working for my cafe for a while. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go and hang out with her. So I hung out with her for a bit and thought, how do we do this? And we had a chat and we decided I needed to go and see the doctor. So I went to chat to the doctor. Doctor was great. Doctor gave me so much time. I didn't feel any pressure of time. She just said, what's going on? And I was like, I actually don't know. But last night, I couldn't find a receipt for £3.50 for my business. And actually, up to a certain level, you can just write that off. It's like, it's just petty cash. I said, I couldn't find the receipt for £3.50 and I burst into tears. She went, okay, is this normal? I was like, no, things no. I mean, I'm Scottish, so I don't like anything going wrong with money. But uh, no, that's not, that, that's not normal. I said, okay. And she took me through a series of questions and kind of tests as such. And we had a really good chat and she said, okay, I think we need to get you some support. Um, various I think we need to maybe help you with some medication and but I think we also need to get you some actual kind of help with somebody chatting to you through this this doesn't seem right and I was like okay good and it was weird because I felt really vulnerable I felt embarrassed I was like oh man to the world looking in I am kind of mid-40s I'm running a business an international business I'm traveling around I've got expense accounts got a nice house nice family nice kids nice car. It's like, hey, this guy's got it sorted. And I just felt really embarrassed that that wasn't the case on the inside. But I took time, spent time with the experts, chatting to people. Uh, the doctor was really helpful. She kept checking in with me and came to decision with my business partner. So he's older than me and was looking to kind of semi-retire. And we decided actually, maybe it's time to sell up the business. Maybe we've done what, as well as we can We've enjoyed it. It's been great fun. But actually, if it's if it's causing you a problem, Gordon, maybe we need to kind of just put ourselves first. So we decided to sell up. So we sold that business. Um, and then in early, so February 2020, we both exited. Um, and we did our kind of handover to the new owners and we exited that. And at that point, I thought, oh, man. This is great. I've got some money in my pocket. I've got time in my hands. I'm hanging out with my family and my wife. This is great. I've sorted it. And then about three months later, I'm back at the doctor going, stuff's not right. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I don't feel happy. I don't feel right. I'm, I mean, it was weird. Uh, when it was at its worst, when I was still in the business, I actually had a feeling of tunnel vision. It literally, I remember sitting in the living room and my wife talking to me and I just couldn't see anything beyond this kind of narrow tunnel ahead of me. I could, I had no peripheral vision. Now, I haven't done a lot of research into what that was, but it was scary. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> so it was like, she was asking me something like, do you want a cup of tea? And I was like, I can't cope with that question. So it was really hard. So I thought I'd sorted all that when I came out of that business. But then, as I said, three months later, I was like, oh, I don't think this is right. I don't think I've sorted. I thought the problem was the business. So I sorted that by exiting that business. And then the problem was still there. So I was like, ah, this is interesting. There's something else at play here. Um, so, so that's kind of, that was a really hard situation for me because I thought I was very successful. I looked very successful to other people, but actually something had had, had gone wrong um, and I found that a challenge. And and that's a really interesting point because I think all the time people, you, you, you know, you're saying, 
how you looked from the outside. You know, you're in your 40s, you've got the car, you know, house, you've got this international business. I think it's very easy for everybody to, to, to look at other people and go, oh, it's all right for them, it's all right for them, and what's their problem? But mental health is, is, is really t- tough to understand from someone's point of view. And sometimes people can see, see from looking from, it, it feels like that. But actually, you know, everybody's got their own thing going on. And whether you've got, whether you're, at one level or another level, you know, um, Stephen Bartlett talks about it in his in his podcast that about um, the day he found out his, his company was worth 300 million and he just felt flat. You know, it was like, OK, we made it. Oh, OK, now how do I feel? And, you know, quite, quite often we're trying to get to this destination and then you get kind of get there and and. You know, it's really interesting to hear that and, and, and what you're saying. And actually, it's very relatable because I, I've had similar, similar feelings. So, um, yeah, I completely get that. So at that point, you're now at a point where you're going back to the doctor. How did it unfold after that? Well, again, the huge, huge doses of humble pie, because you think you think, first of all, when I was in the business, I thought one thing and realized, oh, my goodness, what I thought was me is isn't. And I'm different to what the external kind of persona is. Then I thought I'd sorted it and I'm going back to her again going. And again, I felt embarrassed. It's 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 an I think for guys particularly, we're not great at going to the doctor and we're particularly not great at going to the doctor when we think that we've done something wrong or we've messed up or something or we failed. So I was kind of going back to her saying. I seem to have be here again, and she was great. She was like, "That's all right. It's an ongoing journey. It's not a you don't get one shot at this." We've, so we've learned something and we've fixed some stuff, but some other stuff we have to have a look at. It's not a problem. She was she was great, really reassuring, and kind of disarmed me of any feeling of embarrassment that I had messed up messing fixing it. She said, "That's fine. Let's sort out." So it was just interestingly, it was February twenty twenty that I left the business and finally exited it and then lockdown was March 2020 so I started going on and after that kind of first three months you're allowed to start to go for walks with um friend one friend socially distanced so I started going for walks with friends who own businesses and guys in middle ages and I started to realize it wasn't just me up to that point I thought I was the only one who was totally stuffing this up. I thought I was the only one who'd balls it up. Every, I knew that other people looked at me, thought I was successful, and I wasn't. But I hadn't realised that I was looking at them, thinking they were successful, and they maybe weren't. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just, really, Gordon? It was a light bulb moment. So I'm going for walks with guys, and I'm just kind of sh- opening up to them and saying, this is what I've been struggling with. And they're like, yeah, me too. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I had to chat with another one. He's like, yeah, yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. There's a pattern here. It's not just me. And then when I realized it wasn't just me, I thought, well, if it's not just me, and again, coming back to, I like to help people. I like to solve solve problems. I was like, well, this is something that maybe needs to be looked at in a bit more detail. Um, so that kind of gave me a bit of a purpose. And was that then helped me to, on my own journey to kind of do it. So I ended up doing a bunch of uh, mentoring, or I'm being mentored, uh, being coached, um, a bunch of research, and got to the point where later in 2020, I decided that dad's mean business was is, it was something that I really wanted to do because I've just, I've realized dad, dads want, dads want to provide for their families. And a lot of guys will set up a business and you've got like five businesses, haven't you? And stuff. We, we set up businesses because we want to provide for our families, but then we get to the ridiculous situation where the vehicle that we want to set up to provide for our families then prevents us 
being with our families. And then we're stuck going, oh crap, this didn't work out well. So I wanted to do something. I thought I had a good idea. I'm doing the good idea, but it's now, it's the very thing that's now stopping me be with the people I want to be. Man, this is just, and then you feel that you're stuck in a hamster wheel. And a lot of guys have this perception that this is how it has to be. I just need to man up. I need to suck it up. And in about 10 years time, I'll have got this, I'll have wrangled this business into the right shape and I'll be able to spend more time with my family. But the irony is our kids don't stop growing up. They don't wait 10 years for us to get our stuff together. So every day that every day our kids are one step closer to walking out the door, not in a bad way, but just in a, to be strong, independent adults living their own lives. So they haven't got 10 years to wait while we sort our stuff out in our business. And that's what I realized was really important to me and to the guys who I now work with, that they've got a business which can help them unlock time and freedom and all that stuff with their family but they seem to have hit a problem where they can't spend time with their family and themselves it's a bit like if you imagine imagine a stool with three legs all three legs have to be stable and equally strong for the stool to stay upright if one of the legs isn't quite right the stool's going to be unstable and likely fall over okay and i think there are there are three legs that we need to get right as dads the first one is our business, right? We have to have a strong, a good business. We have to, the business has to be stable and, and be able to cope. That's good. I mean, it doesn't have to be setting the world on fire, but it has to be doing what we need it to do to provide for our family. Great. Tick in the box. We've done the provider thing. Then there's the family. You need to, be, and your, 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 your personal relationship with your spouse or your partner, whoever. We need to be there for them and pouring into them and being the provider and supporter and encourager for them. So that's good. But the third one that a lot of guys get wrong is themselves, their, their personal identity. This came home to me about uh, a number of years ago. There was a dad I met at our boys' school. Never met the guy before. I'm just doing the usual kind of chit-chat. And he said, so, what are your hobbies? And I looked at him. And he's like, okay, this guy's an idiot. Uh, he said, so he thought, he, he thought he'd help me out and said, so, you know, the stuff you do in your free time? And I'm like, yeah, strike two. And he went, what? You've no hobbies and no free time? I was like... I'm just realizing that. Yes, that's interesting. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't do anything for myself now. Because I made a commitment to my wife when we got married. I'm not going to be a guy who's married to the job and works all hours and then is off doing sport, golfing, drinking, whatever at the weekends. I'm going to be here for you. And then when my kids were born, I made a commitment to myself. I'm absolutely going to be there for school pickup, school plays, football matches, hanging out with them, all that stuff. And I also want to be committed to my business because that's my, one of my values and one of my personality. I really want to make that work. But what I'd realized was I'd totally lost sight of myself. So I was James's dad, Andrew's dad, sometimes Catherine's husband, but very rarely was I Gordon. And that I realized was, and then I realized there's a bunch of guys who have got the same problem. So that's where Dad's Mean Business is about helping, helping guys to get those three legs right. If you, if you don't, a lot of guys are good at the business and the family, but not themselves, same as me. A bunch of other guys are good at the business and themselves, <laughs> but not at the family. Rarely do you get a guy who's good at the family and themselves and not the business, but because then the business is going to collapse. Um, so what, what we do at Dad's Mean Business is we help dads to kind of really get those three legs stable. And that, yeah. that's our purpose. 
Absolutely love that. And I can relate to literally, this is so relatable to me with my, my journey. And, and also like as men, you know, there's the other thing that is the, the biggest killer in, in men in the UK is, is suicide. And a lot of that comes through the mental health challenges. And one, like you mentioned the whole, like it's the man up and it's like, kind of like, even like in my dad's generation, like he doesn't talk about his feelings at all. Like, and we don't, and it's kind of like, you know, you, you're brought up to be a man and you, you've got to get up and you, you can't cry and you can't can't be emotional and and you can't share this emotion and be vulnerable and uh, you know I think it's great that you know you have you you had this realization and you start having these walks and you're starting to see other people because I see it all the time where people feel like they can't open up and talk and I think if we could solve one thing it is to get men to talk more as well and to feel like they can be vulnerable and actually you know, when we when you go down the pub and you see a mate who's having a hard time, it's not just like let's go and get sink six pints. Like actually, do you want to go for a coffee and let's have a let's have a conversation about this and see are you okay? Because certainly for me, when the business went under, and it's no disrespect to any of my friends, but it was like right, let's just go down the pub and let's sort this out and have a few beers, and then you feel ten ten times worse the next day. So. I can definitely relate to all this because I actually, if I had my three, three, three stalls when the business was going under, I was crap at business. I was crap at being a dad because I wasn't there. Um, and I was just go. I wasn't really looking after me. So I was like, literally, my, I had, my stall wasn't standing up. It was flat when the business went under because I was just going out drinking every weekend to try and de-stress myself because that's all I knew. I was overeating, I, you know, really just not, not in a good place. And I actually had quite a good marker because when Esme, my daughter, was born six years ago, the business was good. And I spent a lot of that year, I spent being able to support my wife. Three years later, and this is why it's really good to be able to contrast it, when the business was going under, Ned was born, um, and for that year, I didn't really see him at all. Like, I didn't see my child. So, actually, it was ouch, but it was to see the both. It gave me that realisation afterwards that now people ask me, how do you define your success? And I say, how much time I spend with my family? That's how I define my success. And actually, this summer, I took a couple of months off um, and still worked a bit. But we went and I just put everything in because you're right. Like your kids won't wait for you to 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 get your shit together, because actually they're only young and innocent and want to spend time with us and think our jokes are funny and, you know, have that moment, probably naught to ten. And then when they start getting into teenagers, I certainly know what I'm like. They don't think I'm funny anymore. They don't want to hold my hand. <laughs> they're, they're like, you, you know, Dad, just shut up. Just give me a lift to town or give me a lift to school or whatever. So, you know, I can I can relate to, to everything you're saying in this. And it's something that I'm a massive advocate for is to be helping dads because I think there is this added pressure that we get where we want to provide for our family. We want to have we want to have dreams. But something seems to give it's like you know what as you say that like, I love that analogy of the, the stool because you know it seems to be some, what something takes its toll and generally it's the it's the our own health because we're trying to do everything and then we don't look after number one and actually if we don't look after number one how are we supposed to look after other people so you're, you're absolutely um, you know I lo I'm, I'm loving this interview it's fantastic so so yeah so you've you're back in you're sort of starting to create this business and and, and how where did it go from there and and you know and, and what how do you work with people okay so I like yourself I I have multiple kind of streams of of income I I, I like to have I like to be able to mentally jump between different kind of scenarios and environments. So um, 
I set up, a, I went back to what I know. So I set up an IT consultancy business. So um, I now work in the uh, the health sector, uh, so working for in an IT capacity there. Um, I set up a, a, a property investment business in January 2021. Um, so helping, uh, and that came from about from a, a, a friend introduced me to property coach. Um, and, and, and I've always been involved in property a little bit as, as a kind of a side thing. But I realized, again, a lot of guys are working super hard in their businesses, but they haven't actually got a plan for building proper assets and then having those assets working for them. So in our property business, and I know you're heavily involved in property as well, in our property business, we help armchair investors who haven't got time or the inclination to get involved in property, but would like to and realize that is a really useful way to build your net worth and your asset base over time. We help them to get involved in property. We take away all the problems for them. We say to them, it's a five hour promise. We will take maximum five hours of your time from you agreeing to work with us to you having a property that you own and we'll find the property because, oh, oh my goodness, how am I going to find a property that's not a turkey? We'll do that for you. How am I going to get it through all the all the processes? We'll do that for you because we do it every month. What, what if I don't find a tenant? We'll do that for you. What if the tenants don't pay the rent? Tell you what, we'll cover the voids for you. So basically, and we'll give you a guaranteed uh, return of at least 8% a year. So we basically say we'll take that for you, package that up, and we'll provide that as a service for you to allow you to be starting to build your 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 asset base, your net worth, all that stuff whilst doing your other things. So it's just it's just taking that, it's helping them support them and give them an in, an in, a kind of a platform and a rock solid base, but they don't have to worry about it themselves. Um, so that's the, the property side of the things. Um, I got the IT consultancy business, which is what I love. Um, and- I love that. Um, I love, just to, sorry, Gordon, just going back to the property thing. I absolutely love that because there are a lot of people and there's people in my uh, tree surgeon's mastermind and I, I share it all the time that yes, to have a, a service-based business is great, but actually to add some assets in, you know, it, it takes that pressure off again of the being the dad that needs to needs to provide. You know, for us, when we when the business went under, we had our family home, we sold it, but that got me out of a lot of the debt that we were in. We had 200 grand worth of personal debt. And I always said, right, the reason why I got into property is because I wanted to make sure that I had assets there that reoccurred, went up and created that security. But I have conversations, I was talking at a show called the APF the other day and the tree surgeons coming up to me, but how do you get into it? I'm not quite sure, but they're so consumed by their businesses that I've, you know, what that product there you've just explained is fantastic because some people just want to go, okay, I've got this money and what business owners tend to do, we all do, and is we end up buying things that aren't assets like a nice Range Rover or, you know, a, a, a boat or a you know or a camper van or something that's going to you know it's going to devalue a lot quicker and it's not going to be an asset that's going to create us the security we need so actually that product is genius really because you're just saying to people hey like if you make some cash but we'll help you turn that into an asset and then whatever happens with that business they've got something to fall back on right 100 percent, 100 percent um and it's 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 also because it's i think sometimes as business owners we we're good at handling the big numbers with our business, but we still get a bit daunted by it in our personal life. And um, so people go property. Oh, that's big numbers. That that's a bit scary. Actually, no, it's not. If you, it, as with all things in life, if you find somebody who's done it successfully, 
and has got a reputation and you can do your due diligence in them, then work with them. Whether Whatever it is, I, I'm a big fan of finding somebody who's been successful at something already and saying, hey, how did you do it? Can you help me? Because people are generally hardwired to help. In my experience... In my experience, one of, the, one of the tips I give everybody is just ask somebody for one tip. Go, go and find somebody who's, who's, find a tree surgeon who's doing really well and say, listen, I'm trying to do it as well. What's your one tip? People will generally give you one tip. It's not, it's not much skin off their back to do that. And, and then you just gradually do that. Find out from people the tips and then do it. So in terms of property, yes, property can be scary. Yes, property can be big numbers. But go and work with somebody who's done it and do your due diligence, find somebody who's good at it and then get them to do it. So that's the property business. And then we've got Dad's Mean Business, which is, um, well, hopefully it does what it says on the tin. We work with dads and we find out what their goals are. We find out what their problems are. And then we say, right, let's set a 90 day goal. Let's put an accountability program in place because I, I find accountability is something that people often entrepreneurs don't have the easiest person to lie to is yourself super easy and and we don't hold ourselves to the same level of account that we hold other people to we let we get really annoyed at other people who don't do what they say they're going to do but then we let ourselves off the hook because ah i was busy doing something and, and we don't hold ourselves to account but we also don't provide the same level of commitment to other to ourselves that we do to other people. So, and I'm guilty of this myself. It's not like I, I hold myself out as being an expert at this. If somebody else asks me to do something, I will do whatever I can to, to follow through on my word and deliver what I said I was going to do. But if I say to myself, oh, this week I want to do X, there's a high chance if I'm not on my game, it won't happen. Because and I'll, oh, I'll let myself off the hook and I'm not committed to it. So, that's where I think often it's, it's, it's just, ha- t- so I run a number of accountability groups with entrepreneurs around the country and we just touch base for an hour and it could be like six of us and we say, right, okay, you've got 10 minutes and we're just looking for you to say, this is what I did last week. This is what I committed to doing last week. How did I perform against what I said I was going to do? Here's what I want to do in the coming week and here's any problems I've got or questions I've got and everybody else gets a chance to chip in and go oh had you thought about this because an independent set of eyes and ears sometimes can just ask a really weird question that you wouldn't think of and you go wow that's just giving me an interesting thought and we're just in and out and it's just that accountability people say the accountability is what um, they miss and you know that you're in a number of masterminds you run masterminds the value of just touching base with people is what keeps them on on track for the journey that they've set otherwise we can drift off course and suddenly it's six months we go wow i'm nowhere near my goal and it's too late to get back on track in time so it's that kind of accountability is what we do we also have something called the uh the, the super dad super business program which is where we take people through kind of seven kind of modules um and the first one is mindset and people uh, often people who haven't done personal development go mindset ugh. That's all woo-woo stuff. I'm not interested in your woo-woo. It's like, yeah, great. Okay, there's your first limiting belief you have to get past. Welcome welcome to the topic of limiting beliefs. It's not woo-woo. It's, it's how you think about things. And a lot of dads will have the opinion, who owns businesses will have the opinion, as I said earlier, this is how it is. Um, I just need to man up and push through. Okay, that's not true. There is another way. You don't have to be a hamster on a wheel. So we, 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 we tackle mindset, always mindset first. And some people obviously need a bit more help and some people need a little bit less help, but we need help with that. Then we'll look at your business. We get something called the five P's where we look at your business and how, how have you structured your business in terms of your operations? Are you making best use of your time? 
a lot of people tell me I don't have enough time to do everything. It's like, okay, I hear you. Actually, I think you probably do have enough time. You don't have a time. It's, 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 it's the usual phrase. You don't have a time management problem. You have a priority management problem. If if your kids, if your daughter Esme was suddenly critical, uh, critically ill tomorrow and needed you to take her to a specialist for medical attention, you'd find the time tomorrow, I'm sure. Because that's priority number one. You've suddenly found time. But if I said to you, can you spend two hours with me tomorrow doing something? You might go, oh, tomorrow's a bit tight, Gordon. Um, I've got some stuff on because it's a lower priority and that's quite right. But we need to look at ourselves, look at our timetables and our activities and what we're committing to in terms of what's the highest priority for us. So we'll do that stuff. We do something called the Eisenhower matrix. You may have heard of it where um, you, you split some of your, your, your tasks into four quadrants um, and then you allocate the, how important they are and doing them or doing them now, doing them later, not doing them or delegating them, all that kind of stuff. So we just go through some really, it's really simple. I mean, what a lot of people will say is, oh, that's actually quite simple, isn't it? I go, yeah, yeah. We haven't reinvented, well, we have reinvented the wheel in some sense. We haven't come up with some brand new sparkly thing the world's never seen. But what we do is, in Dasmine's business, we, we, we give you all the tools you need and we make them as digestible and understandable as possible. In other words, make them really simple so that you can apply them. Because if I try and come up with something which needs a PhD to be understood, you ain't going to do it because you're a busy guy. So we've got some, we, we've simplified and distilled a lot of really clever and exciting teaching down into easily digestible chunks. And then we say, right, let's just do this this week. One of my favorite tips is a default diary. Guys will say to me, I have no time, as I just said. I have no time. It's like, okay, do me a favor. Just before you throw in the towel, record what everything you're doing for the next week for me. From the minute you wake up, so record the moment, record the time you wake up to the time you actually close your eyes and go to sleep. Do that for a week and do it in 20 minute chunks. So three, three sections an hour. And just write down whether, when you wake up, what do you do? Do you just scroll through social media for the first hour? Do you read the news? Do you listen to music? What do you do? Um, and it might be, the, one of the things will be, um, oh, I spent three hours working on some marketing content from a business. I was like, okay. Are you good at marketing? Ah, oh, I hate it. Okay. What did you produce? Well, I produced one blog post. Okay, so you spent three hours writing a blog post. Yeah, and it wasn't very good. Okay. Do you think... If I could take that task away from you and give you those three hours back, you'd be happy with that? Well, would it be done well? Okay, well, put it this way. You just said you're not very good at it. If I could find somebody or help you to find somebody who can do that in half an hour better than you can for a small cost, would you be willing to do it? And I'm not saying that I'm taking the money. I'm just, I, I, I'm showing them the power of delegating to an expert. And they go, okay. I say, so, I mean, I'm going to make this figure up. For 50 quid, we can get a blog written. This might be more than that, right? But let's just say 50 quid half, uh, and somebody will write a really good blog for you and you've suddenly got three hours of your life back and you've not having to do something that you hate doing. Is that, would that be good? Yeah. Okay, let's find two or three more of those things. There's a day back <laughs> in your week. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing, looking at your diet and, and being honest with yourself, as I said, because as I said, lying to yourself is dead easy. Look at your, look at that, um, the diary that you've built for yourself over the last week once you've done it. And if you ended up binging Netflix from 10 o'clock at night to one o'clock in the morning for three hours, write it down and then look at look back and look at how you spent your time. You'll find there's a lot of stuff you've got in your your diary that you've recorded that actually you probably didn't need to do. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying don't watch Netflix. I love Netflix. 
but it, there's, there's a time and a place. And those ep- be aware, those episodes are designed at the end of the episode. If you're watching a series, it finishes on a cliffhanger. You're like, oh my goodness. And if you're not quick, it's already autoplayed the next one. So just be aware of that and be strong with yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to watch two episodes tonight and I'm going to stop and I'm going to do that. Uh, so it's, it's about that kind of stuff, finding your time. I absolutely love that because it like a lot of people say to me all the time now running multiple businesses podcasts everything henry where do you get the time from and i'm like i just now leverage other people's time like yep. I, and i and i had to after the business got went under one of the biggest things i realized is, is that i was a complete control freak and i was that guy that said like if you want a job <laughs> doing properly do it yourself and all these kind of things <laughs> and now i look back and go like i'm just leveraging people's time all the time in every single business and i read a really good book called who not how by dan sullivan and that is very similar like don't think of how i can do something i was trying to do seo for months and reading all these books and i read that book and suddenly went oh i need to find a who to do my seo and they'll do it twice as quick i'll get those hours back um so yeah absolutely love that and one thing one of my coaches said to me actually is because i kept saying i don't have time to do a b c d or i don't have time to go and spend time with my kids and he said change that with it's not my priority you know time of priority and then you say i don't have my kids aren't my priority you suddenly go oh and it's a bit of a smack in your face when you do that because you're like okay i'm saying my kids aren't my priority or spending time with my wife's not my priority so it's a massive, massive shift. And, and also going back to what you're saying about mindset, I've always got Henry Ford in my head saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And that is like my go-to thing. So suddenly you go, can I run five businesses? And I think, yeah, I can do that. And that's like a little mindset thing that I just, it goes around in my head. And a lot of people do think mindset's woohoo, but it's not, it's, it's, it's everything in my opinion. It's like, you know, once you can get that, that set right, then, you know, you can build that building block on top. So yeah, I absolutely love what you do, Gordon. Like, this is a, a great episode. So so you've got these steps and, and you work with people uh, on that basis. And you said you've got seven of those. Yeah, yeah. So we get seven modules that we take them through. So we'll cover, I mean, if I just remember, we've got, uh, we start with mindset. Then we'll look at your business. We'll look at the relationship with money. So, um, yeah, because some people treat their business's money different to their own money. And of course, we're working to generate money. So how is that? what's that kind of impact on your life? How are you treating it? How is your family treating money? Is that causing any problems there? We look at your relationships, so your your personal, intimate relationships. Um, something called um, you, you've probably heard of the the five love languages. Oh, the the, the yeah. <coughs> sorry, the five love languages. Um, that was a, a an eye opener to me when my wife and I heard about that. We we did a a marriage preparation course before we actually got married with our church. Really interesting to learn about the five love languages. Um, I'm going to cough again. Hang on. <coughs> So that we we looked at the five love languages and my number one language is spending time, right? Spending time with me is like, ah, my best thing ever. My bottom language, another, you do a test called the, the, the five love language test. It's a free test you can do online. Giving and receiving gifts was zero for me. It does not register. If I never received another birthday present, Christmas present or gift in my life, it would not affect my life in the slightest. Ha <laughs> ha, my wife's number one love language, gifts. So it's like, if you hadn't realized that, that would cause tension because she would be permanently disappointed that I'm not giving her gifts through the year and on, at my birthday presents for her and my Christmas presents for her are really not that great because I don't understand it. It's just my brain is not wired that way. But because we had done that test and done that understanding, it's like, 
Ah, but she also realizes that the way to show love to me, for me to feel loved, is to spend time with me. So we'll look at relationships, we'll look at that kind of stuff. Again, using that word leverage that you you said earlier, it's for dad's main business, one of our main things is leveraging uh, anything we have access to. Whether it's somebody else has done some really clever training on the five love languages, whether it's using it... Um, People who are experts in specific fields like admin or marketing or sales or whatever. It's finding people. It's the who, not the how, as you said. Okay. So we're all about, we've done the hard work to find all the clever learning. And now we've packaged it up so that it's easily digestible for busy dads. Um, we'll also look at their kids, spending time with your kids, tips for spending time with your kids. A lot of dads think that um, you've got to spend money when you're hanging out with your kids. Oh, I've got to go. And, it's going to cost money. It doesn't need to cost money. One of my tips would be, Sit down with your kids and get a bit of paper and, and do it into um, uh, four quarters. Draw two lines, make it to four quarters. And in the first quarter, call it free. Write the word free. Next, next quarter, uh, top right, call it uh, low cost. Bottom left, medium cost. And bottom right, high cost. And just say to the kids, come up with 10 things that you'd like to do with me or with us as a family in each of those boxes. What can we do that's free? And the kids will go, yeah, I'd love to watch a movie with you. And it might be the movie you've watched with them 10 times already, but hey, they want to do that. And then they'll think, well, what can we do that's low cost? And you say low cost is less than 30 quid. And they go, okay. And it depends how old your kids are if they understand the concept of what things cost. And you get your kids to fill that in. And suddenly you've got a list of things that your kids would like to do. So instead of you going, what can I do with the kids this weekend? You've got a list where they've literally said, I would find it acceptable if we went to the park and kicked a ball around. Look. Great, that's a free one. So that kind of stuff, we look at that kind of stuff as well. It's just tips for spending time with your kids and interacting with them. I'm a big fan of quality, sorry, quantity over quality, right? Now, I know this is difficult and with families that are separated and stuff, then it can be really difficult. So I'm not meaning to be controversial, but I'm a big fan of having it in our minds, quantity over quality, because I could spend an hour with my boys really good quality stuff, right? And they say, right, that's it. I'm going to go into the house and do a bit of work. They'll be at my door, my study door in half an hour going, dad, can we go and play football in the garden? I was like, well, we've just spent quality time. I don't think my kids understand the concept of quality. They just want to hang out with me. And they're not, as you said, they're not going to do that forever. So I'm a big fan of just hanging out with your kids when you can, as time and other, other priorities, responsibilities allow. So we'll look at um, kids. We'll also look at your health, your physical health, your mental health, um, because those are really important. Because what's the point of doing all this for your family if you're so overweight that you can't go and play at the park with them or you're so stressed that you have to go and hide in a dark room and you can't hang out with them. So we look at the health side and then we just look at identity and recreation yourself. What are your hobbies? Who can you go and hang out with? Um, you know the phrase, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So are you hanging out with people who are mumping and grumping and dragging you down or are you hanging out with people who are elevating you and opening your mind and being positive around you? So it's just that that's the kind of stuff that we we work with with our with our dads. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I, I love that saying you are the sum of five people you spend most time yeah. with because you're exactly right and and the fitness bit is huge like I was quite overweight a few years ago and it's like as you work on all of this stuff and turning up as your best your best self physically emotionally everything falls into place and you know it, it helps in your business it helps with your relationship with your wife your kids you know it's all part of the whole the whole structure so yeah this is um oh, this is gold 
Gordon, this is brilliant. I absolutely love this, and I'm sure a lot of our audience can um, can relate to this. So, so yeah, what a journey you've been on, and and what a, yeah, yeah. what a purpose. You know, going rolling back to a few years ago when you sold the business, when, when you were talking, I was, I was thinking, and I wasn't going to butt in or anything, but I was thinking at that point you you didn't have a purpose, and and how does it feel now to have this purpose? Oh yeah, it's night and day. It's just like it's like um, I yeah. When I when I exited the business, I was sitting at home with some money in my pocket, but thinking this is great. But actually, it was a bit boring because I was aimless, purpose, rudderless, all that stuff. Now, 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 see, when I worked for large companies around the world as client, as their as they were my clients, I was helping them solve problems. But really, the the, the benefit was their bottom line was being helped, which is nice, and, and the world needs profitable businesses. But now with dad's been business, I actually see families being impacted. And that's a lovely feeling. It's, it's lovely to be able to help people and see material change in people's lives rather than just a bit of efficiency in the business. So yeah, love, love having that purpose. Absolutely love that. And so for anyone listening, because there's a lot of people that will be listening that are doing 12, 14 hour days and they just they might look at certain people like me going, oh, I only do I don't work for weeks anymore. I'm not I'm not doing 12 hour days. And now that's all right for him. It's not possible. But, you know, this whole thing with passive income and actually having businesses that set up that work for you than working in it all the time. You know, what would you say to someone that's in that mindset where they're like, that just can't be done. That's not me. Um, I would say they're right. I would say if you think it can't be done, then it can't be done. Well done. Um, because, because again, it comes back to mindset. If when I, was at, when I was in that position in the past, I was intentionally but subconsciously blocking out opportunities and solutions to the problem because I was saying that won't work for me. Therefore, if I ever tried it because I was starting it with that mindset, it didn't work. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if somebody has the opinion that it won't work, they're right. However, if somebody's willing to say, I would, I, I, I'd like to see how this could work for me. Then change your mind and go. How will this work? It's the how. How how will this work for me? Uh, and I would say, just take a little bit of a. You need to like. Um, it's a bit like um, when they used to sell toothpaste on TV. I don't know if they still do it or not. They used to say to you, if it's tooth white, whitening toothpaste, they'd give you a little chart of like I don't know twenty different colors of teeth, and they'd say before you start. Work out which colour you are. You've got to take a baseline because otherwise if you don't do that, once you've done something and you've improved, you've forgotten where you've come from so you don't see the benefits. It's like your kids growing up. You don't see your kids growing up day to day because you see them every day. So what you need to do is take a baseline of where you are right now. Okay, I'm working 14 hours a day. Fine. Let's get that written down. Let's work out how I'm spending my time 14 hours a day. Yeah, that's tough. I don't doubt, especially if it's a, a, a physical business, then that's going to be really hard going. But let's baseline that and then we just start to look at opportunities to say, what could we do a bit like, could we delegate something? Could we stop doing something? Could we um, bring other people in to help us? What are the opportunities we've got? So I would say it is possible, uh, but you need to be willing to give it a try. Uh, that, that's what I would say, I think. Absolutely love that. Again, it's that Henry Ford saying, isn't it? You know, if you think you, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. And I absolutely love that because it's it's having that change in that mindset, saying actually, like some there are other people doing it. And you were right earlier on in the in the interview when you said just ask some people, like, what's your top tip? And you know, I've always learned, and since I've been on my self development journey, is that some of the most successful people are the people that go, how do you do that? And how do you do this? And how did you work make that work? And, and what did you do there? So yeah, absolutely love that. Great answer, Gordon. Um, 
So how, if someone wanted to come and work with you, um, how would they find you, Gordon? Uh, our website is dadsmeanbusiness.com. Um, so that's a great place to have a look, uh, to come there. Um, you'll be able to contact me there. Uh, we're on all the major social media platforms. If you have a search for me, I'm uh, variously called various things. Um, maybe we can put in the show notes the link to my link tree. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll put put in the in the show notes your uh, your link tree. So if anyone wants to come and work for you, and I would definitely say, um, you know, listeners, if you're listening and you're having this stressful times, get hold of Gordon because you know what he's what he's doing is amazing because it's what we need it for men we need to be working through these solutions and getting to a point where we don't look back they did a survey and you probably know the survey Gordon of you know OAPs who were sat in their care homes and one of the main things they said is just to have time back and to have had done more and spend more time with families so you know go and speak to Gordon because your purpose is you know so close to my heart and I absolutely love what you're doing so um, any final words before we go Gordon? Um, Some tips for dads who have got businesses number one Try and eat with your family, I would suggest. Get around the table and eat and put the the electronics to the side. You're going to have some great conversations. You're going to have some super boring conversations, but you're going to have conversations. So if you can, I mean, we try and do it every day uh, because our lifestyle generally allows it. My wife and I will sit with the boys and we'll sit. And and we're also uh, teaching the boys about gratitude. So when we sit, we say to them, right, everybody has to share a blessing of the day. And it's like, oh, I can't think of one. Okay, well, we'll just sit and wait and we'll help you think of one. Get to the point where you start to find something that's been a blessing in your day so that you start to get that mindset going. I'm a big fan of people eating together when they can, at least once a week, but we try and do it every night um, and just get that kind of gratitude thing going as well. But also reach out and ask for help. If it's reaching out to Henry and he's got some great masterclass going, reaching out to me, reaching out to other people, ask for help because dads, it, it help is more readily available than we realise and there's no point in suffering. Love that. Absolutely love that, Gordon. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Fail Forward. Been fantastic guest, guest loads of value. So thank you um, for being involved thank and um, yeah, we'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you.